You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We're a week and a half deep into the Cowboys in Oxnard training camp. How much do we actually know? What have we learned? And what are we still unsure of, right? The pluses and minuses of training camp as we're just a week and a half in. Well, we're about to find out as we get riled up on the Cowboys. Here with my man, Tom Ryle, and your boy, Roy White, at RW3 on Twitter. You can find Tom at TomRyleBTB. And of course, you can find all the great content, bloggingtheboys.com and at bloggingtheboys on Twitter, powered by our good friends at SB Nation. Now, We've already had some ups and downs through the last couple of days, right? Uh, the announcement that James Washington could miss up to two months with a Jones fracture in his foot, aptly named. Uh, we also got the ups. Anthony Barr signed for just $2 million with $3 million worth of incentives. That seems like a pretty good deal and a feather in the cap of old Stephen Jones. So things have been up. And, of course, things have been down, and that's why our man Tom has compiled a list of the things that he finds have been pluses and probably minuses for the Dallas Cowboys thus far. Yeah. If you if you listen or read certain people on Twitter, it's kind of doom and gloom. You know, there's a, a big focus on the things that are going wrong. And, uh, you know, I think there's actually – quite a bit that is going right but you have to look at both sides of it because there have been a mixed bag so far it hasn't been all unicorns and rainbows for the cowboys uh but i i did want to stop we've now had enough practice time that we're starting to see some things and some some of these things have really been consistent since day one of unpadded practices and carried through once the pads came on and so, you know, I just wanted to go through and kind of look at it. Now, the Anthony Barr thing, although that's been covered by R.J. Achoa earlier, I do want to mention that that might be a small ray of hope. I mean, we have been saying they needed to sign depth at a variety of positions. And linebacker was probably third or fourth on the list. So to see them go out, fill it at a very team-friendly cost and do something. Maybe Stephen Jones wasn't lying when he says they weren't done in free agency. Maybe we're still going to see some other issues addressed. Uh, maybe Whoa. that. Yeah, now, is Stephen that... Jones getting a plus from you in this regard for this move, or is this a, a plus for the Cowboys roster? But maybe a minus because Steven gets a little bit bigger head in the way that he goes about his business. I abase myself, but yes, I think Stephen Jones managed to get one right here. 
Uh, it may have been a little bit of blind hog and acre kind of thing, but you know, I think he found, I think he did something good. I think a bar was a good signing. He's not going to come in and be the star he once was, let's face it, but they needed depth. He's a veteran. He's savvy. And I think he helps kind of shore up that room a good bit. But depth was the problem all along. We've always had pretty good faith in most of the Cowboys starters. We just were very concerned about the depth. Uh, and, and the first hit came at one of the positions that we were really crying for all offseason. That was a defensive tackle where rookie Matt Willetsko went down and apparently is going to be out, I think, for the season. I can't remember the details, but I don't think they're expecting him back. And that means that backup tackle right now is Josh Ball and a bunch of other guys we don't know anything about. Well, don't forget about everybody's favorite, Alarcon, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, he he, he gets to have some cake this year, baby. Maybe, maybe he will. I'd love to see him get some time. Uh, although the, the team has, I think, been trying to move him more to a guard, but they're gonna have to make something out of almost nothing here. Uh, because we all know that Tyron Smith has a history of missing at least a handful of games, they've got to have somebody to plug in there. The guy that was their very solid swing tackle to start last year is now the starting right tackle in Terrence Steele. Uh, they seem to have abandoned the idea of rookie Tyler Smith kicking out to offensive tackle if they needed him and are going to focus on just making him the best left guard possible. So that's a big concern, and that's where maybe Stephen Jones is going to do something next, we can mm. hope. Cross our fingers. You know what he could have done? He could have just kept Lyle Collins. Or, yeah, so he could be sitting there not ready to play. Hmm. Yeah, wait, that's a problem. True. Uh, (laughs) But So um, we'll have to find out. We'll have to keep our eyes peeled. And then the one you mentioned, James Washington, uh, got the Jones factor in his foot. Uh He's going to, as it turns out, he's going to miss the time until Michael Gallup is ready to come back, which was the main reason they brought him in to help cover for Michael Gallup being out. So (laughs) that whole thing kind of blew up in their face. And it leaves them with a a real lack of NFL experience, uh, as has been kind of harped on quite a bit only cd lamb and noah brown have caught a pass in the nfl among all the wide receivers they have on the roster right now so they're going to have to figure something out and fast it's another place where personally i think it would be wise to invest some more of that dry powder and go out and get themselves a veteran wide receiver, not necessarily somebody you want to have come in and start, but someone to come in and provide some more veteran seasoning for the young receivers. Cause they got a whole bunch of young guys they are trying to make something out of. 
Yeah, I'd be interested to know because obviously there are still names out there that we've talked about, right? I mean, the obvious ones of Cole Beasley has been thrown out there. Will Fuller is a name that's been floated out out around a lot. But I'm also curious if the Cowboys and Stephen Jones might be keeping that powder dry, waiting for players to get released on other teams, right? Guys who might, you know, guys... And we know there will be an exodus of players that when they get released, I mean, it's a mad dash to sign guys. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, the deals can be varying to a degree because they may have been cut for different reasons, right? They might've got cut because they're a $6 million player and they're getting paid 10, right? And that's where the Cowboys, I think, will have an opportunity if we give the Joneses and Steven credit for this powder thing, like I think they will have an opportunity there in the future. But for right now, big minus that they didn't shore up either their offensive tackle position or the wide receiver spot, two spots that everybody and their mother were clamoring that they needed to address this offseason. True. And I think you've got a very good point that they – they may have to go to that last-minute signing after the cuts start happening because there there are some teams out there that just have five or six receivers, and, and they 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 have to get rid of one guy for various reasons who is still a capable NFL player. We're not looking at a guy to come in and automatic and challenge CD for the wide receiver one job. We're talking about guy, a guy who is able to say fill a Cedric Wilson role and just come in and be a calming influence and spread some of his savvy among all the young receivers because there ha- is a plus involved in this whole wide receiver question, and that's that these guys are looking pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to over emphasize what they're doing in training camp but catching the ball is going quite well for a lot of guys you know Jalen Tolbert has come in and seems to be ready to step in as a starter which the team is almost certainly going to need him to do uh so that's a plus we'll talk a little bit more about him in a second a a guy that I'd never had not paid any attention to when they signed him as a UDFA is Dennis Houston. He was the guy that came on the field and started uh, taking snaps as soon as James Washington was hurt. And that has continued. They seem to have plans for him as potentially being in that mix to start. Uh, Second-year player uh, T.J. Vasher, who I think he was – on the roster for a couple of games, but didn't really play. He's a, a long guy who can go up for the ball, and they've been featuring that, including all that that very well-publicized one-handed catch in the corner of the end zone mm-hmm. that, that has been the highlight of camp so far. And Simi Fajoko, don't forget about him, because he seems to be having a very good camp. Then there's the real wild. I'd never even heard of Kevontae Turpin because I didn't follow the whole tragedy around him getting convicted of a, a serious offense and as a result missing four years of a possible NFL career. You know, he went and played in the USFL and was their MVP. The Cowboys brought him in. 
apparently with the idea of making him a punt returner, kick returner player, which is would be of great value because that means you don't have to put C.D. Lamb or Tony Pollard out on those plays and risk them uh, when you've got someone else that can do the job for them. And that's where Turpin's best highlights came in the USFL. I mean, yes, he did do some damage as a wide receiver, but in the NFL at his size, 5'9", 170 pounds soaking wet, right? Absolute lies on a doc, uh, you know, on a document. Um, you think he's really just going to be a speed guy, a scat back type of guy and a guy that can return some kicks. Right. But I think the comparison that has been used and thrown out there, um, lucky whitehead, you know, mm-hmm. a fifth round draft pick that they used as a guy on jet sweeps, didn't catch a lot of passes, but he would be out there on occasion. In fact, you, you might see him out there as like maybe the third or fourth most used wide receiver on the field, just in terms of snap count, just because yeah. of what a dangerous weapon he could be. And, and not only that, but I'm already putting him on the roster specifically because of those specializations as a kick returner. Yeah. And it seems the team is really trying to carve out that whitehead role for Turpin. They're, they're using him a lot in jet sweeps. They're giving him some work out of the slot, and he's doing pretty well. Which, by the way, can I ask, do they need that, though, from an offensive standpoint? Like, shouldn't that be Tony Pollard's role? Uh, But doesn't hurt to have somebody else who can do the same thing. True, true. And guy that, you know, especially with that jet sweep stuff, if he they come out, you know, a way they could do this is you come out, you show him on jet sweeps, either faking it or maybe getting the ball a few times. And then the next time after you've done that, you come out, line him up. So they're all looking for that to happen again. And he goes out and goes across the middle. And it looks like he's got good hands and he's very evasive once he gets the, the, the ball, partly because he's small and 170 pounds of being generous. I think he lifted him at 155 at most, but he can, if he can avoid the hits, then the size doesn't matter. He can just go out there and maybe do it. So he's a guy to watch. To me, the guy that he makes me think of is a defensive counterpart. They brought Malik Hooker in last year after camp started and he's become a mainstay in the Cowboys secondary. Maybe Turpin could be this year's story along those lines. So that's something to watch. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they keep trying to work Turpin in. But if he's just if he does nothing more than get some good punt returns and a couple of kickoff returns, then he would be well worth the the very minimal investment they made in him. Yeah, overall, the returns on the young guys have been positive out at Cowboys camp, but it's also like difficult to see what they're not doing well either, right? Because we've also heard a lot, and we will talk a little bit about the secondary and how lights out they have been because, you know, if they're being lights out, you know, is the quality that they're playing against not so great as to why they're looking so good? We should maybe ask ourselves those questions just to be healthy skeptics in this Cowboys training camp circumstance that we're in. And Tom, you and I have committed ourselves to being very skeptical of what optimism might fill our lungs. Yeah. This is one place where preseason games may tell us a whole lot more. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have to see when they're actually out there, you know, hitting. And you know they're going to have a lot of players sitting on the sidelines mm-hmm. to all the preseason games. Yeah. A lot of opportunities for pass catchers, though, not named C.D. Lots C. of them. A lot they, of them. They, they at least have some candidates that I wasn't expecting to be looking this good. Now, let's talk about the big problem. Just glaring right now. Candidates who have not looked good. The kickers. Let's face it. Tuesday, uh, to put it in precise scientific football terms, they sucked. Uh, the Jerry Jones tried to trot out the excuse of, well, it was a windy day, you know, like the Cowboys never have to play outdoors and face that. <laughs> but, you know, the, the team moved on from Greg Zerline, which is absolutely the right move, although they apparently flirted with the idea of bringing him back. But they didn't do that. Then all they did for the offseason, most of it, was they signed a UDFA named Jonathan Garibay out of Texas Tech. A lot of people were very high on him. And for a while, it looked like the Cowboys were just going to let him have the job and have to prove that he wasn't worthy of it. But, you know, then they decided just before camp to bring back Larry Harlahu and baseball terms, had a cup of coffee with the team last year. The hope was that one of these guys would stand out and win the job, I guess. It looks like neither of them were really ready to claim it. Uh, you know, on Tuesday, they the Cowboys have been using a thing called the Mojo Moment, and they've been using the situation where they've got a few seconds to get in place and then kick a field goal to try to win the game or tie it. And they had a total of six between them and missed five of them. Not a lot of mojo has been generated yeah. from the kicking Yeah, the game. mojo kind of – yeah, the only mojo came when Dak Prescott found Dalton Schultz on a touchdown in a situation, but – so that didn't work so well. Uh, you know, we can make jokes about them going forward on fourth down all the time, but there are times when you need to have a reliable kicker. We saw Zerline cost them a game or two last year. There are times this coaching staff has told us it's important to have a kicker because they will go conservative late in a game and leave it on the kicker's toes. They've made that decision in the past before. So absolutely, it's a huge concern. And to be quite honest with you, Tom, there's not a whole lot of relief out there. When you look at the free agency market, Mm -hmm. there's only maybe one or two guys that have even kicked in the NFL that are available. And, you know, right now, I think the Cowboys are just going to have to stomach what they do have cross their fingers that someone starts to perform and step up certainly during these preseason games. And that'll be an interesting contest in and of itself, right? Trying to see two kickers figure it out during preseason games with an offense that may not be able to even get them into field goal position all that often. And then finally, right. They may wind up having to just wait until a kicker gets cut from somewhere else in the NFL. Yeah, I was going to say, your your theory on wide receivers could apply to kickers. There's teams out there that may have two kickers in their camp that are both better than these guys, and they're only going to keep one of them. Mm-hmm. So we, I would not – I kind of think we don't have the kicker for the regular season on the roster yet, and they're going to bring him in uh, after the cutdowns elsewhere. And I just I, – I, I, 
don't like that that's the situation we're in. I just think that's where we are. Fair. Fair. So now, now let's go to something that's uh, a little more pleasant. I think the drop top three draft picks are all looking very good, maybe better than we expected in a couple of cases. Um, the first rounder, of course, was the big one. There was a lot of dissent about them drafting Tyler Smith uh, in, in the first round. But he seems to really be stepping up at, at left guard and, and replacing Connor Williams, who I think is also having trouble staying on the field out in, in I think in Miami. But um, they did they they have gotten away. Uh, they experiment a little bit with Tyler Smith at offensive tackle during the OTAs, but they put that aside for camp. They're now focusing him on becoming the left guard. And He's had some really good play. There have been a couple of pancakes where it's like somebody tell him not to hurt the defensive lineman. <laughs> Stop that. I don't know if those would have been legal uh, in an NFL game because it looked like he had to have almost just grabbed him, picked him Held up, him. and thrown him to the ground. But he hasn't done anything bad at all that, that anyone's spotted out there. And I know there are people that are watching him all the time, people that are much better than I have, and they're saying he's looking good. And given that the Cowboys are talking about leaning more on the running game, that could be really important to have that bulldozer, you know, soul-snatching left guard out there. So that could be – that was probably the biggest thing they had to get right was filling in that hole on the other line. Right now, there seems to be reason to think that they pulled it off. I would agree. I co-sign on that plus, and I think your overall statement as you get into the other guys that the Cowboys appear to have hit in the draft, not once, maybe not twice, but perhaps three times. And that would be quite a feat if yeah. it did wind up happening that their top three draft picks were significant contributors in year one not just significant contributors there is at least a chance that they're all three going to win a starting job fairly early well uh, yeah because Eric, i was sure sam williams would come in and be in a rotational role to begin with yeah you know, Stephen Jones talked about how great it was to get Dorrance Armstrong back for a fraction of the cost of, of Randy Gregory and all that stuff. And they brought in Dante Fowler and Terrell Vash is still around. So I figured, you know, and Chauncey Golson there. So I figured that 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 Williams was going to be rotating in in spots and not get eased a whole in. Like eased huh? in. Wouldn't even like eased, eased in. into the role. Wouldn't even be relied upon, expected to contribute right out of the gate because I mean, even first-round pass rushers that we've seen in the past, I mean, guys may not contribute right away just because they're not necessarily ready for that role. Second-round guys, even more so. Like, you might give a little bit more grace to. And, and shoot, think about how Tank came along, right? As a third-rounder, they eased him into it. But one guy seems to be very high on Sam Williams. That's Dan Quinn, the most important guy on the defense as far as evaluating players. And 
he seems to think Williams has the potential to come in and maybe earn that starting slot. I think he's, I think we've got a good chance of seeing him there sooner rather than later. And that would be a really big score for the Cowboys uh, with the second rounder. And we've already mentioned with James Washington out, they just about have to have Jalen Tolbert step up and be a starter. He's looked the part. Now, it, it, it is hard with limited contact and all that stuff. You know, they're trying not to hurt anybody more than they already have. But it looks like Tolbert may be ready to fill that in. So all of a sudden, we're looking at three rookies who are going to be starters, not just because they are more or less forced into it, but because the guys are out there earning it out there. The Cowboys take great pride in how well they draft, and it looks like they may have something to be proud of this year. Now, again, we'll find out more in preseason, and we'll really find out in regular season. But so far, the trend looks good. Now, I had one thing, a, a guy that I think is kind of being overlooked, but who's quietly having an outstanding camp as a little personal plus, and that's Leighton Vanderish. Everyone's saying he just looks very good out there. He looks like what they thought they had the rookie year back when they called him what? Go ahead, say it. The Wolf Hunter. And quite honestly, I'd forgive anybody who forgot that nickname because it he hadn't really been worthy of it over the past nope. couple of seasons. Like, forgive me for saying it. Am I wrong to say that that nickname had basically been forgotten and, and um, discarded by the fan base when speaking about it, him? It, it was LVE. It was LVE. It certainly, it's certainly been put into mothballs. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe he's going to make a bid to roll it back out. Remember, the Cowboys didn't pick up his fifth-round option as a, as a first-round pick. Instead, they brought him back on kind of a show-us deal for a lot less money. And he may be set to do that, if, if nothing else, to earn himself a nice little payday with – somebody out there because I don't know if the Cowboys are going to be willing to step up because we still expect Stephen Jones to be around and making those kinds of decisions. Mm -hmm. But if he is actually healthy and now that they've brought Barr in, at least the depth situation at linebacker seems to be in much, much better shape than we thought it was going to be back while the Cowboys were sitting on their hands and doing nothing. So, you know, that's just a little something I just wanted to give Leighton Vanderish a mention because when players get down and people get down on them, they just kind of get, you know, bad mouth all the time. And I think he's showing that maybe we need to give him another chance to see what's going to happen. I would like to see Leighton Vanderish have a resurgence. And hey, with the addition of Anthony Barr, like maybe some people think, oh, that's not necessarily great for LVE or that's not necessarily great for Jabril Cox. Maybe that cuts into their playing time. I think it actually helps those guys. I think it takes more of the pressure off of those guys. Yeah. And that was a position that they needed to, you know, shore up a little bit. So um, great to see LVE, the wolf hunter, potentially uh, reemerging in that regard. And maybe, maybe it, just makes Michael Parsons even more available as another pass rusher. Mm. Just saying. 
Just mm-hmm. saying out there. So now there's another thing that right now I don't know if this is going to be good or bad. It's just to me a little interesting. And that's last year the Cowboys were content to roll with Cooper Rush as the, the backup quarterback, despite his lack of experience. It worked out for them. He was called on to start one game while Dak Prescott was uh, trying to get back from his calf strain, or at least back enough to take the field. I don't think he ever fully recovered from it. But Cooper Rush did come in and do a little bit of that bus driving and got the team to a win against the Minnesota Vikings. And so I, I thought that, well, it was pretty much a done deal. He was a QVT, QV2. But uh, Will Greer has had something to say about that. And the staff apparently is wanting to take a look at Greer as well because word is they're kind of splitting the snaps with the twos. Uh, And Greer may have kind of pulled ahead in the competition to date. Now, I would personally think that maybe they should be more willing to look at veteran quarterbacks and Maybe they still win once will once again because a lot of teams have a lot of quarterbacks on the roster right now. Not all of them are going to stick, and some of them have been around, and some of them are not just total garbage out there. But they seem to be hoping that one of these guys is going to definitely claim the job and that the competition between the two is going to help. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. So uh, that is one that I think we need to keep an eye on. It may work out. It may make them better. But that lack of experience is always going to have me a little nervous, and I'm going to be knocking on wood all season long. Yeah. Dak Prescott is able to answer the call. Every I mean, Sunday. yeah, we really never want that question to be answered, right, at any point in this season. But it does stand to reason that Will Greer, I mean, with his pedigree, you know, he's drafted in the third round, uh, taken, you know, and much higher than Cooper Rush was. It was not drafted at all. Um, like you kind of would expect him to eventually win that job once he's had some familiarity with the coaching staff. And I think when he came on last year, because of when he came on, it was kind of assumed, well, Cooper Rush is still in that role because he, for better or for worse, right? Maybe the lesser talented guy, but he knows the offense has yeah. a lot more familiarity with it, and that matters as a quarterback. Well, now that Will Greer has had a chance to, I think, pick up on that, it's a good sign. I would mark that as a plus that he's starting to take the reins a little bit because we all know the truth about Cooper Rush and that it's nice that he won us a football game a season ago, but none of us feel comfortable with him as the backup. Mean it again? <laughs> yeah. Um, now – the final thing is one that everybody kind of was, I guess, betting a little bit on happening. And that's that the stars for the Cowboys, the guys we expected to be stars, are pretty much shining on in camp. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott did have kind of a down day on Tuesday, even though he had a, a few good throws. But he's the starter. Uh, he he has a history of occasionally having a, a, a bad practice. He's not the greatest practice quarterback. That's always been kind of a, a trait of his. Uh, but he's, you know, I think he's definitely healthy. He's definitely ready to go. He's definitely definitely ready to silence some critics. 
Ezekiel Elliott. You remember last year, those first few games when Zeke was just racking up some yards? At, you know, that he didn't do much in the first game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they just didn't try to run the ball. But the next three games, he was kind of on fire. And then against the Giants, he collided with a pylon and had a torn PCL, I believe, that never healed up. He played through it. Maybe that wasn't the smartest thing. Maybe it wasn't the best thing for the team. But the Cowboys are a team where the money you get paid talks, and they paid him too much to let him sit and rest. But he's looking really good. He's looking like that player that was ready to go back out and reestablish himself as an elite running back. Uh, Tony Pollard is still going to make us hope that Kellen Moore uses him properly because he looked really great both as a runner and as a part of the passing game. He's got the explosiveness. He's got the the flexibility. Uh, So we're hoping Kellen Moore does wise up, but we have been hurt before. Meanwhile. You know, you mentioned the thing about Zeke. Like, I did just briefly want to touch on that because you have a terrific memory in that regard. People forget, you know, outside of that Tampa Bay game, the next three games Zeke produced, 16 for 71, 17 for 95, 20 carries for a buck 43 against the Panthers. All three of those games were more yards in a game than he rushed for in any game after the Giants game. Mm-hmm. After week five, he never ran for more than 69 yards outside of the final game against the Eagles when he was stat padding, right? They were up by two touchdowns. He needed to rush to get his 1,000 yards, so they kept feeding him the ball, right? He had 18 carries yeah. for 87 yards in that game. But outside of that, right, I mean, they you're, you're absolutely right. And by the way, he had four touchdowns in those three games. Um, he seemed like he was a different player. So if he's that again, you know, again, reason to be pluses, reason to be optimistic about this thing. Yeah, that I think that's I think I would hope for him to have a good season because he certainly put it all on the line for the team. Meanwhile, CeeDee Lamb has having no issues with being the wide receiver one. He's catching balls all over the place. And the guy who's probably going to be Dak Prescott's favorite target before it's all said and done, Dalton Schultz looks just great and absolutely going to prove to them that they're, somebody's going to have to pay him after he plays out the year on the tag. Uh, he's not only very effective as a planned target, he's the security blanket. Well, how about, how about this idea? And I don't know if you saw who floated this out there. How about two years of tag for Dalton Schultz by the Cowboys? I'll leave that up to Stephen Jones. That's not you, the way I do it. But. Look, but <laughs> you know what? But if you do do it that way, you're likely paying him less over the next two years than what he would get on an average salary based on the numbers that over the cap projects for him, which is like fourteen to fifteen million a year. So, and as I said, I'll leave. Stephen Jones, but it does kind of sound like exactly the way he'd do things. Yeah, I'm it? not gonna lie, it's the way I'd do it. Uh now that I look at yep. that and, and and evaluate it more and more, if he's gonna continue to be that guy, it's the way I'd do it, especially knowing that hey, maybe Jake Ferguson isn't ready to pick it up a year yeah. or two into it. But shoot, three years in, if he's not ready, well then 
maybe you have to bite the bullet and sign Dalton long term. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin both look like they always look like all pros. Uh, Terrence still maybe the real question mark because even Tyler Viadish has been getting some kind of nice reviews. Uh, maybe as you had mentioned to me before, he he might be getting protected a little bit by having Martin on one side and and emerging Tyler Smith on the other. But that's fine. A lot of teams work out schemes to protect their center because centers sometimes are just not quite the athletes that the guy is flanking them are. And now then over on the defensive side, Micah Parsons is still Micah Parsons, only maybe more so this year. Demarcus Lawrence looks like he's ready to, sh- to shut some people up. Defensive tackles are hungry. Keep an eye on Tristan Hill. He may actually prove he was worth the investment they made in him a couple of years back. And we know linebackers are better, but the secondary, I think that's the strength of the defense. How long has it been since we've been able to say that? The cornerbacks, Trayvon Diggs is showing some tight coverage. Anthony Brown is is underrated. People don't appreciate how good he is out there. Jordan Lewis was seen as being uh, likely to lose his starting job, but by gosh, he's not going down without a fight. He had a great leaping interception uh, the other day. And I have Nashawn Wright as my most improved second-year player on the team right now. He's been looking really good. They're pairing him up with Basher out there, uh, length against length. I think they're trying to groom Wright to cover those tall receivers other players sometimes roll out. And he's showing he can go up and fight for the ball. Then on defense, you know, J. Ron Kirst, thankfully, he just scared us a little bit. He was fine. Uh, because they depend so much on him. Uh, Hooker, we've already mentioned that they brought him back for a reason. Donovan Wilson is kind of a forgotten man, but he seems to be uh, actually uh, uh, a guy that you can rely on to not hurt you out there, which is better than a lot we've seen in many past years. Uh, I saw an interesting note that they may be looking at Marquise Bell as Jaron Curse's backup is a partial linebacker thing. So I, the secondary just saw. I just can't believe that we we've got that good. And I think that's really good. So well, here we are. The man who promised he would not get sucked into the hype. I counted about six pluses as opposed to hey. maybe just a few minuses in that that's, whole list. I'm gonna then let me caveat it. Caveat. Until we see him on the field. <laughs> It don't mean anything in a real game. And they got to be in a real game, okay? Oh, okay. So, preseason next week, Cowboys kick off against the Broncos Saturday night. Not going to count for Tom, but it will count for us here at Blogging the Boys. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Every Tuesday night, we'll have reaction videos for you. All the training camp coverage and reactions from every day out there in Oxnard will be up there at bloggingtheboys.com. So make sure you check out that great content. And, of course, stay riled up on the Cowboys. Until then, we'll see you next week.